Hey girl, welcome back to our show, Rock That Fitness with Anna Rockstar. I'm super excited about our topic today, sleep. I didn't think I could say that I'm super excited about this, but after the research I've done and some of the refreshers I've had on the importance of sleep and how it really impacts every single aspect of our life, I really am excited about this. I find it very fascinating that the average person will spend approximately 26 years of their life sleeping. And weekly, if you sleep seven to eight hours a day, that equals 49 to 56 hours total. That's over two days of sleep every week. That equals 140 days in a year. That's crazy, we sleep a lot. And if we're gonna be sleeping that much and spending that much time of our life sleeping, why not make the most of it? So I had a great time doing the research on this and just, just so much fun. I hope you enjoy it as much as I did. I'm your host, Anna Wilson, certified personal trainer, nutrition coach, and registered nurse. I'm also the founder and very proud coach of Rock That Fitness, the best online women's fitness community ever. If you haven't yet done so, please hit that subscribe button so that you never miss an episode. Rock That Fitness with Anna Rockstar is a podcast that I created for you to bring you fresh insight that will help you improve your own fit lifestyle. Each week, I'm bringing you a thought-provoking show that challenges and inspires you to get out of your comfort zone and live your own best rockstar life through nutrition, fitness, and mindset. So get ready, get set, lace up those shoes, and let's go rock that walk. Hey girl, what are you doing? And we're back. I love to ask that because the truth is I really, <laughs> I really do want to know what you're doing. You probably, maybe you're out on a walk. Maybe you're driving to work. Wherever you are, thanks for tuning in again. Today, I'm super excited to talk about sleep. Now, before I was going to do this episode, I was thinking to myself that this is not exciting. <laughs> And then I started putting this together and oh my goodness, it became very exciting very quickly. I got really into it and got really geeked out on all the science behind sleep and and it's um, it's really, really motivated me to work on my own sleep, even though I've 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 done a pretty good job over the years of kind of fine-tuning what I have to do for my sleep. However, there's always something we can learn. And so I really hope that there's something in this um, episode that's going to help you to help refine, fine-tune your sleep, right? Because it's what we, it's ultimately getting enough sleep, it just impacts everything. You, you want to feel great. You want to have overall wellness. And let's face it, it's going to impact you mentally, physically, like all the things, your decision-making, your coping every single day, being able to focus and really get things done, not just things actively around your house or actively with work, um, but really being able to function efficiently with your cognitive abilities and what you're doing and accomplish more, more efficiently and help you perform in your exercise and give you more energy, help you stay healthy it's just amazing. Sleep is the magic potion, right? It really is because sleep regenerates us. It gives us energy and that's what we need to live. Life is all about energy. I'm not going to pretend to be an expert in sleep whatsoever. So uh, just fair warning, <laughs> a lot of this, yes, there's a lot of information here that I did some research on. I'm also going to interject my opinion and what I think, but ultimately it's up to you to to do what you need to do for yourself if you need to consult a doctor about your sleep or anything medical. I'm really just talking about sleep in general for the general population that's not dealing with any kind of medical conditions. So just, you know, had to cover that. Um, so basically, these are the things I want to cover during this episode. I want to talk about why, why sleep is so important um, what are the impacts. So number one, why sleep is so important. Number two, 
the impact of not getting enough sleep. Um, number three, I want to just do an overview of sleep and what happens while we're sleeping, what's going on actually physically, biologically when we're sleeping, um, and go over the science behind sleep. Um, and then number four, I, I, I lost my number. I forgot what number I'm on. I'm kind of looking at my, my notes here. There's just an outline without numbers. So, um, and some tips on improving your sleep and talk about some sleep hygiene and habits that can help you. And I'm also going to talk about throughout here, I will, of course, you know, give you my own experience and things that I've learned. So, so super excited. Let's get into this. All right, girls talk about this. So did you know, and maybe you know this, okay, one out of three American adults report being sleep deprived. That's a third, a third of Americans are reporting that they're sleep deprived. This is impacting us in such a negative way. Why is it so important to get great sleep? It's it's going to help us in our day-to-day function. It's for our overall health span, for longevity, to live a long, healthy life. And it does matter that we get enough sleep. Um, and so I'm going to, let's just go over this list of things about getting optimal sleep and why it's important and how it helps the body and the brain to function at their best. So when you are well rested, you're going to have more energy. You're going to be more, you're going to have improvement in your concentration and your focus, better mood, stronger immune system. Um, you're going to, your hormones are going to be better regulated and your metabolism will be better regulated. Um, giving your body time to repair and regenerate all of the cells of the body to reduce your stress levels, to improve your memory, to improve your learning, and also, as I just said, your decision-making skills. And I, like, I'm just going to give you fair warning if I didn't already. I'm going to be repeating probably a few things throughout this episode. So if you hear me repeating myself, it's not because I'm going crazy and insane. It's because I'm trying to just reiterate the importance of some things. And I think sometimes when we repeat them, it just really sticks. So, so no, I'm not insane. I'm not cray cray, maybe a little, but I am repeating things on purpose. Okay. Um, one of the things I do want to talk about here on this, the reason why it's so important to get great sleep, um, especially as a, as a nurse, as a personal trainer, right? A strength and nutrition coach. This is big deal, big deal, because if I'm coaching you to try to lose weight and I'm helping you with your nutrition and I'm guiding you and giving you guidance with your, your strength training and your exercise and, you know, improving your fitness conditioning, you, you need to be making sure that you're getting enough sleep or all of those things are not going to be efficient. So, um, very important because if you're trying to lose weight, lack of sleep is going to impact you in a negative way because it throws off your hormones for, um, you know, your, your satiety being satisfied with your foods and also it's going to increase your hormone for hunger. The other thing as I just met mentioned is how when we're sleeping it gives our body time to repair and regenerate. So you cannot and I repeat you cannot expect to build muscle and recover your muscles after strength training. You can't build muscle if you're not resting and sleeping well. You got to do that if you want to build the muscle. Re- body, re- body recomposition requires sleep and recovery. And with regard to our, our health, getting plenty of sleep also reduces the risk of developing some serious health problems such as heart disease, cardiovascular disease, stroke, diabetes, and obesity. Okay, so now let's talk about the impacts of not getting enough sleep. And if if that's you, you probably already know a lot of things that are in, being impacted by not getting enough sleep. Um, and I'm just going to kind of go over these, but I'll get into more detail later on. But just in general, we know that not getting enough sleep is going to impact us physically because we're going to have low energy. Our immune system is going to be weak, so we'll be more inclined to get sick. 
it's um, we have, like I just said, increased risk of obesity and diabetes, heart attack and stroke. So physically, we are definitely being impacted without getting enough sleep. Mentally, it's going to reduce our focus, our concentration, difficulty making decisions, memory problems, increased irritability, anxiety and depression because it's really hard to cope. I mean, just life in general is it's hard to cope if you don't it, life in general, it's hard to cope, right? There's a lot of hard things in life. Life can be tough. Life can be stressful. We have a lot of demands on us. So having that one more thing where we're not getting enough sleep even adds to, it's like pouring gasoline on the fire. So it's hard to cope. You have bad news come in. You didn't get enough sleep. You're, you're, you're just going to fall apart, right? It's easier to cope with things when you get plenty of sleep. Um, cognitively impaired decision-making, um, increased risk. So you're going to have an increased risk taking, um, slower reaction times. Um, I think about people who are refer like first responders, you know, nurses, surgeons, um, firemen, these people who have to make decisions that are critical to people's lives. And if they're not getting enough sleep, that's not good. All right. Um, so, and it can also reduce, also lead to reduced creativity and problem solving abilities. Boy, do I understand that one. Um, as a creative person myself, sometimes I can hit a wall and think, what is the matter with me? And then realize, oh my gosh, you know what? I just need sleep. I just need to get to sleep. And what does it really mean to get optimal sleep? The definition of optimal sleep. Optimal sleep is the amount and quality of sleep that a person needs to function at their highest level of mental and physical performance. It's different for everyone, right? Um, but typically it consists of somewhere between seven and nine hours of uninterrupted sleep on a consistent basis. So consistently is the key here because obviously I think we're all gonna have interrupted sleep from time to time, hopefully fewer nights than more, right? Um, so yeah, between seven and nine hours of uninterrupted sleep on a consistent basis, that's pretty typical. If you want to call it, that would be your optimal amount of sleep. But on average, people are, people are going to be optimally sleeping between 6.5 hours, okay, six and a half hours to eight hours on average for optimal sleep. Um, I think that personally, I, I do my best when I'm getting between seven to eight hours of sleep. And yes, I do. I really, really do make that a priority. So yeah. So it does, it does vary individually because of genetics, activity level, and there's just a lot of other factors involved in the circumstance of each individual person. But in general, here is a breakdown of like in age, what you're, what you're required. What, what do you need? How many hours of sleep you need? based on age. So between the ages of 20 and 40, you need between seven and nine hours. The ages between 40 and 50, seven to eight hours. Um, and between the ages of 50 and 70, you'll need seven hours and 70 and above six to seven hours. The Sleep Foundation defines quality sleep as, and I find this really interesting, falling asleep within 30 minutes um, 20 minutes or less of wakefulness during the duration of sleep and feeling rested, restored, and energized when you wake up. I don't know about you, but that's some motivation to get optimal sleep, right? Um, and, you know, the, if you do have a sleep disorder like sleep apnea or you have chronic insomnia, which when I say chronic, that's not just from time to time you're having trouble going to sleep because chronic means it's been an ongoing issue for like three months. So if that's you, then after everything you hear in this episode today, I mean, making an, a conscious effort to really improve your sleep through some of the things I'm going to talk about, and you're still having problems, definitely want to see a doctor about it. They'll probably put you through a sleep study um, to give you some treatment and help you with that. Um, so let's talk about what's going on in our sleep. Sleep is not uniform. It's not like you go to sleep and everything's the same until you wake up. There's, there's some very fascinating things that happen during our sleep. So, um, your total sleep is made up of several rounds of these cycles 
and each cycle is divided into stages. So we have stages of sleep when we go into sleep. And we have four to six of these. Typically, on average, we will go through four to six total cycles of sleep during the night. And each of the cycles average around 90 minutes or so. You do the math. I'm not going to do the math, but you, you get what I'm saying. Um, but we go through four to six sleep cycles. And not all the sleep cycles are the same in length. And they average... Um, well, let me, let me explain what they are. So why I mentioned this sleep cycles, because there's, there's three non REM, which is REM means rapid eye movement. You've probably heard REM, like you need to make sure you get REM sleep, right? But there's four stages and you have three that are non REM and then you have your REM rapid eye movement. So that's what I'm saying. When I say REM, that means like rapid eye movement. And that's the fourth stage. But the first three are non-REM. So in non-REM 1, non-REM 2, non-REM 3, and then REM. Non-REM 1 is like the first few minutes um, when you're starting to fall asleep and your body and mind is starting to relax, uh, but you're, you're not quite asleep, sort of a light sleep, and then you're, but you're able to be awakened easily. Then you have in REM two and three, which are your deeper sleep. So three being the most deep sleep. And then next is your REM, your rapid eye movement. This is where you have dreams. And as the night progresses, your deep sleep time periods are going to be extending for every cycle. I want to touch a little bit on each of these stages of sleep because I, I find this so fascinating. As I said, the first stage is that light sleep. You're, you're easily awakened. Um, your brain waves start to slow down. Then you go into stage two. It's still a light sleep. Your heart rate becomes regular. Your body temperature drops a little bit. And then you continue to transition into deep sleep. That's stage three deep sleep. This is where your brain waves at this stage, they're called delta waves. They're at their slowest of the night. And waking you is very difficult during this time. So those who are trying to wake you up at this stage, it's going to be a little more challenging. Um, but the importance of this very deep sleep, the stage three deep sleep is that this is the time where your body is physically repairing itself. Every cell in your body is repairing and rejuvenating. So this is where also your immune system gets boosted and you're restoring your bones, your muscle, all the tissues of your body, as well as your brain cells. Then the next stage is the REM sleep. This is your rapid eye movement, stage four, where your brain activity in this stage looks similar to what it looks like when you're awake. And this is, this part's fascinating. You lose all muscle tone except for your eyes, which move rapidly and your breathing becomes irregular and your heart rate rises. So this is a pretty fascinating stage of sleep. This is the part of the stage. This is the stage of your sleep where you're having dreams. This is where emotional processing happens. This is where your memory consolidation happens. This is where the things that you learn during the day really get solidified in your brain. This is where brain development happens. Um, and then you, this is a stage that you can easily be woken out of. I think this is the stage that where you, your body is, transitioning into wakefulness. So heading back into that stage one. Wasn't that fun? Yeah, the stages of sleep. Pretty darn cool. I was thinking about the science now. I'm going to head into that. This is a good segue to get into the science behind how we get optimal sleep and improving our sleep. I was thinking the other day about um, when I was a kid, you know how most kids ask their parents, why? Why? Well, I was, I kind of asked why, but in my own way, this is my, how come mama? My mom told me that's what I always say. How come mama? So here's the how come about getting optimal sleep. So I'm going to go over some things like sleep, wake cycle, circadian rhythm, how sunlight impacts us and exercise. This is going to be, you're, you're going to love this. Let's go into it. Um, so it's important to establish a sleep, wake cycle. Which in simple terms basically means having the same time that you wake up and the same time that you go to sleep every single day. Yes, every day, even on the weekends. And so that was a challenge for me um, 
I didn't realize how important that was for a long time. Um, and, and I really do try to stick to this myself, trying to have like a, the same wake time, the same sleep time every single day, even on the weekends, or maybe on the weekends I give myself an, an extra, like I won't set any kind of alarm, but I pretty much get up and go to sleep, get wake up and go to sleep at the same time every day throughout the week, except when I have a show, because when we have a show, oh my goodness, that puts me, that really turns my whole circadian rhythm upside down for a couple of days. It's not fun. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, I guess it's worth it because I still do it. Those are the times when I wear my, my eye covers, my ear covers the next morning and make sure there's no alarm and just try my best to get some sleep. But yeah, it's important to establish this sleep-wake cycle of staying, going to bed the same time, waking up the same time each day. And it's very critical. And you can train your body. Um, to do this because if you haven't been doing it it's it's going to be challenging yes but you can change you can train your body Um, and this kind of goes hand in hand with this whole circadian rhythm thing I think I kind of think of this sort of like seasons um, just everything is has a cycle some kind of a a system in place right just nature is this way so why would our bodies be any different our bodies are natural and we have an internal clock that's what this circadian rhythm is the circadian rhythm is our body's natural internal clock and it helps to regulate our sleep cycle it helps us to feel sleepy and it helps us to stay alert throughout the day. This is your circadian rhythm. And to optimize your circadian rhythm, it's important to have the bedtime and wake time the same. I mean, not waking up at the same time. And that's not what I mean, but at night when you go to bed, that you go to sleep at the same time. And in the morning, you wake up at the same time each day. So, um, and one of the ways to help you with this, which I'm going to talk about some ways to do that, but it's just since we're talking about it, to limit exposure to bright screens before you go to bed and get plenty of natural light during the day and some exercise. And I'll dive into that a little bit in just a minute. Um, Another part of your circadian rhythm or what helps it is eating a balanced diet at regular times. That's also going to help you have a healthy circadian rhythm. Um, Specific factors that impact your circadian rhythm are getting lack of sleep or having poor sleep, poor diet, too much stress. These things are going to impact your circadian rhythm. No matter, you can't help it. Um, Light exposure in the evening, that's going to impact you. All right, now let's talk about sunlight, sunshine, sunshine on my shoulders makes me happy. All right, you know, I can't help it. Um, So sunlight has a direct connection to our circadian rhythm, big time. It's just normal. It's a normal, natural thing. Our body's natural way of knowing when it's time to wake up and when it's time to sleep, right? Do you see the pattern here? Your body, your mind, your everything can, can sense it's time to wake up based on the sunlight. That's just the way that we were created. It was intended this way. Our eyes are sensitive to the light. So when it's dark outside, our bodies know it's time to go to sleep. So when the sun rises in the morning, our eyes detect that light. That We have those photoreceptors in our eyes and our body knows it's time to wake up. And the science behind this is pretty interesting because, like I said, we have those photoreceptors that detect the light and it sends a signal to our brain to help us regulate our internal clock. So can you see now like why, well you probably already knew this, but why um, having artificial light at night can impact your sleep, trying to go to sleep, um, and exposing your eyes to that unnatural light or any light is going to impact getting to sleep and staying asleep. So when the light fades, your body knows it's, it starts to release the hormones melatonin. So this is where, this is where the cool stuff happens. You got the melatonin that happens, starts increasing as light fades in your life, (laughs) in your day. And that helps you feel tired and sleepy. That's, that's the connection between light and the circadian, circadian rhythm. And the other part of that is the other hormone, cortisol. So cortisol is not all bad. So let, let's talk about these two things. And um, I think I'm going to digress for a second because since I've been doing all this research and reading up on all this, I did end up getting myself a sunrise clock. So if you follow me on social media, I've been talking about this sunrise clock. About a year ago, I was going to get myself 
a sunrise clock. I can't even remember what inspired me to look, to look into it. And I did. And I started doing some research. I was like, Oh, that's just way out of my budget. I was like, expensive. Um, but I didn't really continue further looking into it. Turns out there's, there are several options that are, that are actually affordable. And I found out recently. So, so I got one, um, because, Rather than being jolted out of bed by loud, obnoxious alarms, which I cannot stand that, um, I wanted to give this a try because it's the natural way, right? I mean, first of all, most mornings I'm waking up before the sun. So how unnatural is that, (laughs) right? I want to try to, I'm trying to like fine tune this, like how can I make this? And, And I'm saying this has really been this has been revolutionary for me. It's like really changing and helping me. I really, if you think I have energy all the time, like now I'm really, my energy is kind of going up to the next level and it's not just physical, it's mental. It's, it's amazing. So I'm, oh man, I can't say enough great things. So the sunrise clock, um, have already experimented with it four days in a row now, five days in a row, five days. Yes. And it is, it is really proving to do what it says it does. Now, I know that from reading reading up on this, there are some people that they have difficult, it doesn't work for them. But for most people, it works. So it's definitely been working for me. The first night, I wasn't sure, which is kind of funny because what happened was, what happened was I set it for 20 minutes, the sun to rise, slowly getting brighter, gradually over 20 minutes. And then to make sure that I wake woke up at that time I put the little birdie sound there's some sounds in there so I put I put the sounds of the birds so that if I didn't wake up at least that would wake me up and I also had a backup on my phone just in case so I was like telling Ron okay don't you know I'm gonna set this one he didn't know anything about the birds (laughs) this is the kind of funny part next morning he wakes up because that sunlight had started to wake him up and he's like good morning and I'm thinking I never heard the birds so oh no and, and I realized we had another like 15 minutes until it was like officially time to wake up so I was like oh man woke up too early well woke him up so um I wasn't sure because when he said good morning I felt like I was awake at the same time he said that like I'm like did the sunrise clock wake me or did he wake me I was very unsure that first day <laughs> so the next day um again tried it again um and I did wake up with the light because he and he knew he's like well I didn't know about the birds so I said well yeah the birds are the official time so please don't wake me until the birds (laughs) and so um he didn't and I woke up before the birds on the second day Uh, and then after that I was like man 20 minutes for that sun to gradually get to the brightest on the sunrise clock that's too long I think I can wake up before that so I set it for 10 minute gradual brightness and that's been working great the last three days. So, and I'm waking up before the birds and it's the light that's waking me up. I just, it's like, I, I know this, like get so excited about the craziest things. I'm really excited about this gadget. You no, know, I'm a gadget girl and I love it. I love it. I love it. So here's why I really love this is the idea, the concept, the science behind this is that when we wake up in the morning, however we wake up there's we have a natural so I'm going to talk about two things two hormones the cortisol like I said and melatonin they play an important role in regulating our sleep and cortisol I know you know a lot of people talk badly about it It gets bad rap we don't want we don't want too much cortisol and we don't want too much melatonin but these are natural hormones in our bodies that are supposed to do their job so in the morning that cortisol starts to increase it helps us what it does it's it's produced by the adrenal glands and it's released and it's like okay so we get this little stress because it's time to wake up right it helps the body respond it gives us energy it's that what you've heard the flight or fight um, instinct right to fight or run away from dangerous situations. well we're not in a dangerous situation waking up but we know it's time to wake up it's time to do something but that cortisol starts to flow um, and during the day the cortisol helps us to stay alert and focused because that's what we want and that's good and we don't want too much of that that's unhealthy right that's that stress that's what they call it it's the stress hormone but we need a certain amount of that so in the morning if you think about it we're already getting a little bit of that waking up because your body's waking up cortisol with the brightness of the light it's time to wake up cortisol's flowing but 
how, you know, we don't need the extra cortisol of a loud, obnoxious, maybe you like the loud, obnoxious alarm. I do not. And now it's like, oh, it all makes sense, right? It's like get what you get, like a, a whole spurt of, of this adrenaline rush in the morning because of that alarm that goes off so loudly that you like practically smack your head on the ceiling. Um, and yeah, no, I don't want that anymore. I love, I love my sunrise clock. It's a gentle wake up for me. And I, I, I mean, there's enough cortisol going on all day long. I'll need extra in the morning. Okay. And then I get and have my coffee and, and enjoy my coffee and not feel like I'm getting overloaded with all the stimulation. <laughs> so the next thing let's talk about is melatonin. The, the other hormone that's released, this is released by the pineal gland in the brain, and it helps to control your body's sleep cycle as well. They play, they kind of work hand in hand here. Okay. And it's released at night. So the higher, okay, what am I trying to say? So when it gets dark, it starts to get dark, your brain starts to release this hormone and now you start to get sleepy. So this will help you to get into a restful night. So this is the reason we don't want to disrupt that darkness or that getting, you know, that darkness coming in and the light fading away. So if you can imagine if you're out in nature, right, if you have no like artificial light, the sun's coming up, that's going to wake you. The sun going down during the afternoon and evening starts to release the melatonin. Like it's time, it's time to relax and go to sleep. Isn't that great? Isn't that so cool? So you can, sim- you can simulate this in, y- in your life, in your day, like start making it more of a natural process so that your everything will work naturally in a natural cycle. Um, so that during the day, cortisol helps you stay awake and alert. And then melatonin is going to help you get to sleep and stay asleep. So like I said, th- these two hormones work together. When, you, when you're conscious about doing this in your day, then they're going to be doing their job and you're going to be a much happier camper. So you want to understand this relationship with cortisol and melatonin and think about ways that you can simulate this, right? I know for myself, like one of the things I do at night, like I wake up in the middle of the night for whatever reason, um, I do my best not to, not to stimulate my, my eyes with any kind of light to do that. I don't want anything to think, I don't want my brain starting to think it's time to wake up at all. So I'll make sure that like, there's no light at all. Everything's dark. And yeah, I just go straight in there into the darkness very, if there's anything, it's a very dim light. I'm not going to wake myself up for that. Um, so yeah, it's a wonderful thing. I love it. I could talk about this all day. Cortisol is not bad if you have it in the right amounts. Melatonin, we need that so that we can rest, get to sleep and stay asleep. So, and what else is going to help us? Take a guess. You know what I'm talking about next? Exercise my favorite. Yes. So research and studies prove that we need to get like 30 minutes, at least 30 minutes of activity a day. Um, not talking like strenuous, but we, we need to get some exercise daily. So exercising regularly. Um, and it's not really recommended that you go, you know, exercise too close to bedtime, um, could interfere with your sleep as well. So it has to do with your core body temperature, Um, Because, you know, to sleep well, your body temperature, you want your core body temperature to go down. And so exercise is going to elevate your core body temperature, which can make it harder for you to sleep, as well as um, releasing adrenaline and cortisol. And um, that would also disrupt your sleep or trying to get to sleep. But I will say this, if evening is the only time, right, that you're able to exercise, Let's not make that an excuse. We've got to get our exercise. So if you do, then you obviously are going to just be aware that it's going to take you a little bit of time, a little bit extra time to get your your core body temperature down and to wind down the body and mind after exercise. And exercise also increases the body's melatonin levels. Okay, we just talked about melatonin and that will help you fall asleep faster and stay asleep longer with better quality sleep. And I wasn't going to mention this, but for anybody else who's like a science nerd, interestingly, just anything that we do that's going to 
create activity, burn up energy, it's going to, what it does, exercise is going to increase levels of adenosine in the brain. So adenosine is a neurotransmitter that helps us, it promotes sleep because adenosine accumulates in the brain during wakefulness and then it clears away during sleep. So when we exercise, our bodies produce more adenosine, which then binds to the receptors in our brain and this promotes sleepiness. So exercising regularly can help improve sleep quality because it's going to increase the amount of adenosine in the brain and that's going to build up throughout the day as we burn off energy and then it increases the body's desire to sleep. Okay. Yeah, that was fun. Let's talk about this next fun, fun topic, caffeine and alcohol and how that can impact our sleep. Now, I love this topic so much. I've done a lot of experimentation. (laughs) I would say I have some experience in this area of caffeine and alcohol. Yes, indeed I do. So I'm speaking from experience. Um, Obviously, I say obviously, I'm sure you've heard this, you want to avoid caffeine and alcohol because especially late in the day, because it does interfere with your sleep. Um, It can, okay, so caffeine, let's talk about them separately. All right. I mean, Caffeine is going to interfere with your sleep, obviously, because it's a stimulant and it's going to block sleep inducing effects of the adenosine that I talked about earlier, the the neurotransmitter that helps promote sleep. So as a result, caffeine is going to make it harder to fall asleep and stay asleep. And here's something that just kind of like I reminded me, I'm like, oh, yeah, good reminder. This has really motivated me to cut back on my caffeine. And that is to, okay, so they say to avoid caffeine late in the day, right? So as a good, I hate rule of thumb, whatever, a general guideline is to cut off your caffeine after around noon time, because caffeine has a ha- has a half-life of five to six hours, which means after five to six hours of caffeine being in your blood system, you're still going to have half of it left in your system for your body to process. So Essentially, it's going to take a total of 10 to 12 hours to completely clear from the bloodstream. Okay, I'm going to be the first to admit that for a long time, this is this is kind of new, but for a long time, um, I'm having a new revelation now. I would say, oh, you know, caffeine doesn't bother me. I can go straight to sleep. And that's probably, yes, true. I, I haven't, I can say that I've been able to enjoy caffeine throughout the day, any time of day, even right before I go to sleep. However, it does impact your quality of sleep while you are sleeping. So, so that is really convincing to me. <laughs> this is making me say, huh, well, I don't want that caffeine to impact my sleep. Okay, sure, I can fall asleep even if I have caffeine. However, it is impacting my deep sleep. And I don't want that because that deep sleep is where all the magic happens of like all of the recovery of all of the bodily tissues and turnover of cells, right? I want that. I want to have full recovery. I want to be healthy, strong, fit, all those kind of things. Well, caffeine's not helping me in this area. So I've been cutting way back on my caffeine. I've been only having my coffee pretty much in the morning. And then I I try not to have any caffeine after around noon. And if I do, it's very minimal. So I have actually, yes. And so what's the result been? I have noticed a difference. So, you know, aside from my sunrise clock and cutting back on my caffeine, I'm sure I'm absolutely 111% positive that bo- that all of this stuff is having a huge impact on me getting more sleep. It's great. It's wonderful. Give it a try. Um, so with talking about caffeine, I mean, I love it. I love it. I love the stimulant caffeine. Um, and the thing with caffeine is that you want to use it responsibly. If you want to cut it out completely from your life, you know, more power to you. That's great. Wonderful. Because we can become dependent on it and Well, that's not good either. So, and it can cause headaches and insomnia. We don't need to go into that. Um, So it's like, oh, oh yeah, I wrote my note here, my notes. It can also reduce the amount of time spent in deep sleep. See, see, it can reduce the amount of time that you spend in deep sleep. And that's the important part of the deep sleep, the REM sleep, memory consolidation, restorative function, all that kind of stuff. Now, alcohol, on the other hand, okay, people think, well, you can have a drink, 
a glass of wine to relax. It helps me go to sleep. Okay, well, alcohol can initially help you fall asleep. Yeah, but it can also very high likelihood will disturb your sleep during the night. You will wake up more frequently if you're having alcohol. And there's other there's other factors involved here too that can really mess with your hormones and things like hot flashes, bed sweat, bed sweat, night sweats. So yes, alcohol is definitely no doubt in a disruptor to sleep. So what I have found and again, if, if you've been following me for a while, I had completely cut alcohol out of my life for a whole over an, a year and a half. And I can't even remember when I reintroduced it. When was that? Um, was it in June, July? I can't, oh, I don't remember. I think it was June. Um, and since then I have had some alcohol here and there, but, but I mean, I'm telling you, it has been minuscule compared to how I used to drink alcohol. And, and this is, this is a lot, this is transformational. It's a great thing. I'm so excited. And I love, I love that I have been able to eliminate, not completely, but, but I'm not going to be drinking alcohol because it's going to affect my sleep. And it also affects me for a day or two. It's not even like, I'm not even saying like drinking it in in excess, just, just having a couple of drinks will impact me. I've noticed. So I don't want it to impact my sleep. And yes, it does it does make me say no. I'm no, because my sleep is more important than the alcohol um, most of the days. Alcohol can also cause um, restful, not restful, restless, restless night, all night, all night. Um, I forgot to mention this. This is going kind of like backtracking a little bit on caffeine because I think this is interesting. The recommended amount of caffeine daily by the Mayo Clinic is approximately 400 milligrams, 400 milligrams a day. And get this, the average eight ounce cup of coffee is 95 milligrams of caffeine. Now, you know, that's going to depend on the coffee bean, <laughs> but in general, um, 95 milligrams of caffeine. So basically 100 milligrams of caffeine, you can call it for an eight ounce cup of coffee. So I'm going to get all of that in the first like little part of my day. Um, and you know, some people, they, they fight their, their bodies natural. This is this kind of puts things in perspective too. You know, when you're thinking about cortisol and melatonin and, and how that acts with your body. Well, caffeine is a stimulant. And if your body is really craving and needing rest, I mean, how damaging is that to just give it caffeine instead, stimulating it more? Um, and this is the part where I think we're really doing a lot of damage to ourselves psychologically, um, just everything going on in our brain and in our whole body. Because if you aren't getting enough sleep, you're, you're already tired, you're sleepy, you're fatigued. And now, now your body is trying so hard to maintain homeostasis and stay healthy, but you are fighting rest. And now you're going to give it caffeine and that ca caffeine keeping you stimulated is not helping you. So, uh, more than likely at some point your body's going to say, okay, that's it. We can't, we can't do it anymore. Sick. You're going to get sick. Um, and so that's another reason to cut back on your caffeine or eliminate it altogether if you want to. So just thinking about that, whenever I'm tired, sleepy, I didn't get enough sleep. Uh, I have a rule for myself, my own personal rule that I will not, I will not drink caffeine. Like for example, on a night that I have a show the next morning, I won't drink caffeine because my body is tired and I don't want to add that, uh, stressor to my body. Cause that's a stressor, right? Stimulating your body is a stress. So hopefully that can help you kind of think about kind of, you know, just maybe have a second thoughts about adding caffeine when your body really needs rest and sleep. Um, so speaking of stress, um, sometimes we do get overstressed and that is going to increase cortisol. So that's part of how that's part of getting better sleep is to manage our stress. We want to make sure that we have ways of managing our stress, which, you know, exercise is going to help you manage stress. Um, just trying to find ways in your life in general to manage stress. I find meditation in the morning, a mindful practice that I do. And I don't, I do this every day pretty much. Um, but it's not a very long time. Even if I take five minutes or 10 minutes of intentional 
time to just have intentions for my day, really focus in on my breathing and just being still and aware of my body. This mindful practice has helped me so much with my focus and just my everyday activity and everything that I do. So um, it really helps me also just with my stress levels. So that's one way that I recommend trying to manage stress if you do. Um, and one of the things that I always tell the rock stars, rock stars listening, you know, I always say leave margin in your day. We don't need to take, you know, I mean, if you think about like a notebook paper, a piece of notebook paper with all the lines and margins, man, we love to fill up every single line and every margin and the bottom and the top, the header and the footer. We like to fill up our whole page every single day. Like Ron would tell me, because I have a problem with this. I know I do. I've gotten so much better about it. But, you know, I do still try to fit 10 pounds, 10 pound potato. What is it? 10 pounds in a five pound bag. I always think about potatoes. He always tells me, yep, there you go. Trying to fit 10 pounds in a five pound bag again. Um, yeah, but um, I've gotten a lot better nowadays um, to not do that so much. And that has really decreased my stress. Um you know, it's not, it's not something to be proud of to live busy, busy. I'm so busy. We're wearing this badge of busyness, but what are you really doing? You're just stressing your life out. Um, you're not as efficient as you could be doing more. Doesn't mean you're doing it better. So just think that, think about that. And that doesn't mean you're never going to have stress, but I was just like to encourage people to find ways to, to back off of their schedule. What can you, what can you delegate? What can you, have somebody else do what can you say no to because every time you say yes to something you're saying no to something else and saying you may be saying no to your health so just think about that just practically practically speaking to help you manage your stress now of course there's going to be days there are days when you've got special things happening maybe some big work things happening projects that you're working on and, and like at night don't tell me this doesn't ever happen to you you're laying there and your wheels are spinning and you're trying to solve a problem. You're trying to solve something, right? And it just won't go away. And you know, you got to go to sleep. And now you're stressing yourself because you're not sleeping and you're like, oh, do yourself a favor, get your butt out of bed, get a pen and a paper and write all those things down on a piece of paper. They're going to be there in the morning. And now you don't have to think about it anymore because it's on paper. When you wake up, it'll be there for, <laughs> to remind you in the morning. But now you have released your mind to rest and sleep. And those times, even those times, I think even you can write that down and it's still kind of hard to sleep. Try a sleep app, um, a meditation, a sleep meditation. There's lots of apps out there to help you sleep um, and manage that um, stress. So yeah, yeah, I love it. I love meditation in the morning. Um, I don't often do meditation at night, but I do have meditation apps if I feel like that's kind of like, okay, now I really need to do my best to, to use my, to get to sleep. So I'll do the meditation app. Um, but at night you want to do the best you can to try to reduce stress as you're preparing for bed. So creating a calm environment before you go to bed. Hopefully that helps you kind of think about ways you can manage your stress so that you can sleep better because managing your stress is not just right before bedtime. Like, let's face it, we got to be ahead of the game and managing our stress throughout the day um, so that we can get good sleep that night. And you don't want to get into any deep, heavy conversations with anybody at night. You know, you know, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Save it for the next day when everybody's rested and can cope and has, you know, we have better decision making skills and we can take things better and say things nicer. All right. That just threw that in there. I thought that was fun. All right. So let's talk a little bit. I'm just going to touch on supplements, um, maybe, I guess you can call them sleep aids. I've been doing a little bit of some experimentation myself. Um, the first thing I want to say, though, is that don't go running out and getting supplements. I would really just encourage you, if if you think you need something, then, um, you know, do some research on it before you actually go out and buy it. Find out the the amounts you need and, and, and see what it helps you with and see if that's something you think you need help with. Um, across the board, when it comes to vitamins and all kinds of supplementation, I think it's important to, before you do all that stuff, that you should see your doctor, get your blood work done before you start giving yourself extra vitamins of something. You may not even need it. So you'll be, you know, wasting money and then your body's getting stuff that doesn't need. But 
I do want to touch on this just because this has been my experience and I want to share with you what I have learned, my own experience, what's been going on with me, what I've tried and what's going on with me. Um, I feel like I have a pretty decent sleep wake cycle, a pretty decent circadian rhythm. Um, it's not something that I have developed overnight. You know, it's, it's taken me, it's taken me years to understand myself, my body. I'm sure you can relate to this. So just like I say, you know, take what I'm telling you as just my experience. So you can know that doesn't mean that what I'm doing is going to work for you. So please don't take what I'm doing and do what I do unless you do some research on it. Cause I'm going to talk about these. I'm just going to touch on this because this, these, these supplements are, I mean, we could do, we can write books on this stuff. So I'm just barely scratching the surface of some of this stuff. So let me just get into it. Um, Yes, I have tried melatonin for sleep. I'm sure you've heard people say, take some melatonin, it'll help you go to sleep. It's natural, right? Our body's right. Oh, you know, we, we create melatonin naturally in our body, right? We just talked about that. Um, but I don't believe it's a good idea to take melatonin on any regular basis because your body can also get dependent. It can become dependent on it. Um, and then your body will release less melatonin naturally. So we don't, but you can use it short term for sleeplessness or say you're, you're having jet lag because you're traveling, but I don't recommend it for long term. And you could, you could also have hangover effects from melatonin or headaches, dizziness, um, drowsiness, nausea, that kind of stuff. Um, so have I used melatonin? Yes. It's not my go-to. I, I don't really use it much. Um, because I think before using any supplementation, I'm going to make sure that I'm doing all the other things, right, that we talked about. Um, so here's one of the things. So about a year ago, somebody was saying, you should, you know, you're having trouble sleeping. Because I last, I was like a year ago or so, I don't remember when it was. Um, I was having a lot of difficulty sleeping, a lot. And, and I know that for me, it had a lot to do with stress levels my stress level was up. I had a lot going on and I was having trouble sleeping at night because of it. So a friend was saying, you need to, you need to supplement with magnesium. That'll help you go to sleep. So, well, I was like, Hmm, okay, I'll try it. <laughs> you know, you know what? I didn't even go do research like I'm telling you to do. Right. I just was like, Oh, okay. And I did a little, I think I, I think I kind of glanced into that doorway. Like magnesium is good to help you sleep. Okay. So I went and got some, um, and it was, I tried it one night and I felt like the next day I was really drowsy. Like, like mm, that's not working for me. I don't like that. So I tried it once and I didn't, and I didn't try it again. Cause I was like, that's not good for me. I don't like that. I don't think I need it. I thought to myself, because I felt that way, I was like, uh, no, I don't need magnesium because obviously that was an overdose. <laughs> I felt like it was an overdose for me. Um, but now I have done some research today. I don't have it all figured out, but I want to share with you that there is research that backs up the benefits of magnesium and that most people do not get enough magnesium in their daily diets. And I can see why based on some of the things that you, the list of foods that have magnesium, um, but it does effectively promote restful sleep and it also reduces anxiety and stress. So it helps you decrease stress levels. So if you go do some research on this, magnesium could definitely help you if you need it. So, but I, like I say, just go look into this for yourself. You're going to find out if you do some more research that there's different types of magnesium. They're not all created equally. There's different types. And so the one specifically for sleep is glycinate. I hope I'm saying that right. Glycinate, glycinate. That's the one for sleep. Um, magnesium in general. The recommended daily dose for women is 320 milligrams. For men, it's 420 milligrams. And some of the foods that have magnesium in high amounts is pumpkin seeds, almonds, chia seeds, spinach, black beans. But And there are a lot of foods that, ha that can have the magnesium, but very trace amounts, not a lot. So I wouldn't, if you are not getting enough magnesium, I wouldn't necessarily say, you know, rely on the food sources, but hey, you can definitely increase, boost your magnesium with some of these foods. Give it a try. Um, so what have I had? So one of the things that I've been trying, um, and I'm not, I'm not a salesperson of this supplement, but I am going to just be just going to give it to you straight. You know, I have nothing to hide here. I'm all open here. So here we go. 
Um, I went and looked for some magnesium. I wanted something for, uh, what cortisol stress level support, see if it could help me. Because I think one of the things that was bothering me the most, even without drinking alcohol and probably, um, that I, I think even though this supplement seems to be helping me, I think the decrease in caffeine has been a huge help. It's, I think it's been a, the, one of the biggest helps for me. So, cause remember it's not that, you know, I can drink the caffeine and go to sleep fine. Right. But it's the part about having a restful sleep and getting that deep sleep that has been the changer and staying asleep. And also when you wake up for whatever reason, going back to sleep easier. And I think caffeine uh, having that less caffeine in my life has definitely made a difference. So anyway, I've been, um, taking this, this supplement that has, it has these things in it. So, cause I'm not going to promote any, any products, but it does have magnesium and it also has GABA and GABA is a neurotransmitter that encourages deep sleep and relaxation also helps decrease stress levels. It also has, this is a, this is new to me. It has, a supplement called Relora, and studies show that Relora has anti-stress effects too, um, and it helps individuals like athletes to recover from training, like training from stress caused from the mental and physical needs of competing. Um, so it also has, let's see here. Oh, and by the way, Relora is known to relieve stress, insomnia, anxiety by reducing cortisol levels. And I did do some research on this and there is research to back this up. It's people are saying it's worked for them. And so this Relora, um, it's, let me see if I can uh, pronounce what it actually is. It's a combination of Chinese tree bark, Magnolia officinalis. <laughs> Normals is known for supporting normal adrenal function. And it also has, uh, I cannot pronounce, I cannot pronounce this, um, Felodendron. Amurance, okay, known for supporting a calm state of mind. Um, but I will say that, and this also has L-theanine, which is a type of a tea for calming effects. And so I've taken this supplement for a few days, and I'll tell you what, I'm like, I'm pretty darn sold. Um, I don't think there's any, and everything that I've read on here for with these supplements there it's safe it's it's proven to be safe so i don't feel like i'm doing anything unsafe can probably take this daily if i wanted to i'm not sure if i'm going to continue taking it daily but i will say since taking this supplement that has this combination of of magnesium gaba and relora and l-theanine am i saying that right i am not an expert in this you guys okay um since taking that here's what i've noticed I will take it about 30 minutes before I want to go to sleep, 30 minutes to an hour. And I start to really feel it kick in. And I was like, kick in, like, it's not drastic, but it's like calming. It's like, whoa, I really feel it's like, it feels like a really nice, natural, like, oh, I'm ready to go to sleep. It feels so much. It has a way better effect for me personally. And you know what? Supplements are going to affect everybody differently. So keep that in mind. Okay. Um, but it's way better than melatonin for me any day. And the other thing I noticed is when I do wake up at night, I can go straight back to sleep and I'm having sleep that is uninterrupted a long, long period. So I think I'm getting my cycles of sleep in, I'm probably getting several cycles of sleep in all of my sleep stages and it is really making a difference. So anyway, I hope this helps you. I hope you kind of think things through. Um, I'm not going to talk about sleeping pills. I think, I think that's something that you need to talk with your doctor about if you're going to take sleeping pills or if you need a sleeping pill. Again, any of this stuff, sleeping pills or any supplementation, I really want to encourage you to try these other things that we talked about today because I know that if you're a healthy individual and you start to put into practice some of these habits and this sleep hygiene, right? clean sleep <laughs> kind of reminds me like we, we talk about you know eating clean let's sleep clean don't be getting dirty sleep girl um yeah I, I can't help myself so um you know if you start putting these things into practice first and see what's gonna help you what's gonna help you 
you're going to be surprised. But you know what? It's not going to happen overnight. And you just need to just do these things a little at a time. Take, do some, do some of these things, whatever you think. Oh yeah. You know what? I really need to work on that. Cause one of the things I had to do in the beginning, because I am one of these people that's like, go, 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 go. Like, I don't want to stop. I, I got things to do. I'm going to work to the, from the moment I wake up in the morning until I lay my head down at night. And then sometimes I would go to bed too late all the time. So, um, a few years ago I started setting my alarm on my watch so that it will go off a little bedtime music, like, you know, a little lullaby sound coming off of my watch alarm. So it's, that's the beginning of my routine in the evening. It's like, Oh, I better wind down no matter where I'm at in the day. This stuff can wait till tomorrow. It's time to stop. And so my routine, you know, everybody needs to put together a routine because that routine that you go through from the time you say, oh, time to wind down. Yes, I still have my alarm on my watch. I still need it because I have a tendency to keep going. Go, 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 go. But what really matters is that I get my sleep because every time I don't respect that and I ignore that and I don't get enough sleep, oh man, I pay for it. I pay for it the next day. Sure, I can function. Sure, I can get some stuff done. But I tell you what, I'm like, I'm not operating. I'm not firing all cylinders. I'm not, you know, I'm not... on my game, just all the things. And I know you can relate to this. So start to practice going to sleep at the same time every day and having the same wake time every day. And that is going to be number one. And then after that, eliminate things in your, you know, back off on caffeine. If caffeine is an issue for you, make sure you're getting plenty of exercise. Make sure you're getting your nutrient balanced nutrition in your life. Get that sunlight in your eyes or, Whatever, you know, by the way, I'm going to throw this out there. If you don't have sunlight because it's cloudy all the time, it's gray. I know we're like in the middle of winter right now. Light therapy. You can actually order online a light therapy box. Did you know that? Yes. And it's a real thing. And it's very helpful to people who need light therapy. And that will help you, help you to increase what you need for, you know, that whole balance of cortisol, melatonin. Um, So getting sunshine every day, get outside get get in touch with nature you are a natural being you are an animal we are animals we need sunlight we need the fresh air we need to be around greenery all these things really do play a role in your circadian rhythm so do that get yourself some exercise each day um what else am i missing in the evenings cut out those those tv screens those displays and put your phone far away that's another thing that i do in the evening after my watch tells me that here's my routine i'm like cleaning up the kitchen i'm you know cleaning my coffee pot for the morning and then um getting ready go take my shower i'm done with all the things i'm and you know sometimes we watch tv in the evening sometimes we don't i prefer not to because i know it's better but that's one thing is like, uh, you know, Ron's the one that wants to watch TV. It's okay. Um, not too much of it, but you want to try to eliminate or, you know, at least limit your screen time before you go to sleep and also the stimulation into your mind. So I try to stay off my phone because, well, you know, I'm always interacting online. That's just what I do every day, all day long, interacting with y'all. Um, I love it. That's what I do. But sometimes, I mean, not sometimes, I have to cut it off so that my mind is not stimulated with the next thing I want to do or, oh my, you know, I cut it off and I don't go looking at my phone again because if I do, there's certainly going to be something that's going to trigger my mind, stimulate my thinking, my brain's going to start going. So I just cut it off. And same thing in the morning. Don't reach for your phone first thing in the morning because what's going to happen? Boom. Another, you're going to have a jolt of that extra cortisol you don't need. You don't need to be checking your email first in the morning. You don't need to be checking social media first thing in the morning. Like, you know, this is, this is a way that you can care for yourself. First thing in the morning, think about what you need to do for you first thing in the morning to help keep those cortisol levels low. And, you know, waking up gently, however you can do that, spending some time alone, maybe some meditation, drinking your tea, your coffee, whatever. Um, I always drink a big glass of water first thing in the morning. And I do my meditations in the morning, my intentions for the day, really get get that down. And then start doing my day. Because that's so important to stop work at a certain time in the evening so you can focus on your practice of the evening and then get your good night's sleep and then wake up in the morning gently and gently get 
get into your day, start rolling in your day slowly. But this is all part of self-care. And you start putting these things into practice little by little. You remember that? Little by little, a little becomes a lot. Before you know it, you're going to start realizing how much more energy you have, how much more stamina you have, how much more focus you have, how much more concentration you have to do every daily things that you're trying to do. You're going to be better at problem solving. You're going to be better at responding to situations whether, rather than reacting. I'm telling you, girl, get your sleep. Find ways to improve it. I really hope that there were some things that you can take away from, from this episode today and apply them to your lives. I'd love to hear your thoughts on this. I can't wait to hear your thoughts on this. Um, yeah, message me on on Instagram or Facebook. Um, leave a comment here. And if you do leave a comment here, which by the way, those of you who've been leaving me comments on my podcast, girl, thank you so much. I see that. I'm not able to respond to those, but I really do appreciate the feedback more than you know, because it's it's one of these things. I'm over here talking <laughs> about something on my podcast for a long time, and I don't get a lot of feedback about the podcast. I do from the rock stars inside of Rock That Fitness. So thank you, rock stars. I love y'all so much. Thank you so much for being here with me as I do these podcasts. Y'all are the best. But yeah, again, I'd love the feedback. I'd love to know um, what you're struggling with, what's going on with you with your sleep, and how are you working to improve it? Okay, you want to live a long, healthy life filled, right, with all the good, fun stuff, and you you want to experience it with all the energy and enthusiasm. So, hope you had a great day. I'm a great day, a great time with me here on this episode. Hope you had a great day too. Um, but yeah, thank you so much for spending this time. I know this was been this has been long. It's a lot to take in. Thank you for taking the time. You could have been doing anything else with your day. I know you could have spent time with somebody else. Thank you for spending it with me today. I hope you have a great day. Remember, self-care, self-love, all day or day, girl. Do I have your word? Good. Let's go. Hey, girl, I don't want to let this opportunity pass us by without giving you the opportunity to join us in Rock That Fitness. We're going to be having our very first open registration of 2023 happening February 20th through February 26th. So all the things that we talk about here on this podcast that help you with your nutrition for fat loss, your strength training, and just your overall mindset when it comes to your health and your fitness, this is all the wonderful things we have to offer in Rock That Fitness, as well as your connection to myself and Coach Abby as we coach you face-to-face. -face, you have access to us as your coach along the way. And I cannot fail to mention all the other amazing rock stars who are doing the same thing. Like-minded women surrounding each other, uplifting one another, encouraging one another along the way. So just want to let you know, February 20th through February 26th, your opportunity to join us in Rock That Fitness and learn how to live your best fit, healthy rock star life for life. And if you want some more information about it, then go ahead and go to AnnaRockstarFitness.com and the link is in the show notes. All right, girl, we'll see you on the inside. Let's go.